This is Artist Stories, a podcast that centers experiences of artists whose lives left a lasting imprint on the Southern Arizona creative ecosystem. I'm Ami Robles, and today we welcome Benjamin Lucero, music producer, community organizer, DJ, and vinyl collector. Hi, Benjamin. Welcome to Artist Stories. How are you? How's it going? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, I'm excited to excited to be on this. Well, I'm glad you're here with us. Can you do a little introduction? Like, just tell us a little bit about you. And I'm, I'm very interested to know how you became Halcero. I'm from Mesa, Arizona. I'm a DJ. I'm a producer. I'm living in Tucson right now, and I have been for a while. Halcero is a combination of my two last names. My mother's maiden name is Halsey. My father's name is Lucero. And I took kind of elements of both of those for, for a multitude of reasons, like cultural background, as well as just like identity. And I put them together. It's the name I use for everything now, whether it's music or DJing or even just organizing. Tell us a little bit about what you do in the music industry. Yeah, I, I make I make hip hop music. I make uh, instrumental beats and kind of like avant-garde percussion rhythms. I'm not like classically trained or anything like that. I played the trumpet as a kid. Outside of that, you know, I just kind of, I learned Ableton when I was in high school. And then in college, I just kind of figured stuff out and learned how to arrange things and how to sample. DJing has always kind of been in the same pool as that. But then community work has been in the last couple of years. I started working with the Tucson Hip Hop Festival and we were doing an event that was called the Round Table, where we would take producers within the community and you know, we would sit them at a table. Initially, I was working with a producer here in town named Max Sama. Uh-huh. And then for the second season, I was working with Awesome, who uh, is a good, good friend, Vic, um, wonderful human being, but he is also pretty proficient within the actual industry. Which is which is great because I'm sort of localized in that in that I like really want Tucson to thrive. Yeah. But yeah, so we were doing that for a while. Um, I started working with uh, Sonido Tambo. You know, they they as a collective love giving back to the community, and and I think that especially in the last few years, that has become such a prominent force in my mind is the notion of not just you know helping but giving back and you know doing things for free. Um, finding and, and curating events that cater to families, that cater to people that are displaced or people who are essentially forgotten. Like you think of, you know, the city of South Tucson and how often, you know, most of these artists and most of these people don't go there or don't, you know, communicate with those schools even. Like I did an event for my, my good friend Johnny Vargas is a teacher at Pueblo. And um, they do a guitar festival every year or a music festival every year, like on the campus. And they bring in guest speakers. And I've, I've done that three years, you know, um, wow. in a row, <laughs> including, including once during COVID. Like I had to figure oh. out a, a virtual way to do it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think it's just amazing that many of the artists that have been on Artist Stories mentioned the same. They want to see Tucson thrive. And the way they do it, it's like they share their knowledge, you know, they share their contacts and they curate like shows and all that stuff. And thank you for for bringing that up. So thank you. Thank you for for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and I think on a local level, at least, you know, if you are if you are planning to be part of 
a community or thrive within a community like it is it is very safe to say that you, that you should you should be contributing to that community as well i think that that's really important like as as an artist and, and like as someone that works with other people like i feel like if you're not supporting your community it's hard for your community to support you and that goes whether you travel or not you know what i mean that yeah that is exactly how i feel okay let's go back in time uh, i would really like to know like <laughs> your your backstory you mentioned right now that you grew up in mesa so can you talk a little bit like mm -hmm. about your childhood like when you moved to tucson how did that influence your career you know like i said i was born in mesa arizona and then I grew up predominantly in the in the city of Mesa, South Phoenix, and I graduated from Fountain Hills High School, which is a smaller town kind of north of the city of Scottsdale. But then in, in 2009, I moved to Tucson, was living with some family. I was here with a former partner of mine, and I had started doing music in you know Phoenix um, with a small group of friends, but I'd always kind of felt displaced um mm -hmm. like there was a very niche market and community there or at least at, at the time there were there were people within that community that were kind of like this is what we do and i've never really been a fan of that i've never been like okay cool well i'm just gonna gonna hop onto it and i mm -hmm. wanted to make my own music and do my own thing and then when i moved to tucson in 2009 i found a lot more freedom because i didn't know anybody so i didn't have the confines of, or the, you know, just, I, I didn't have the, the structure of being told kind of, this is what we make, or these are who we hang out with, or these are the things. So I got to like, go into spaces and see things that I'd never seen before, musically, and even artistically. And I think that that really like, kind of made me grow up a little bit. You know, it's like a, a good friend told me once, he's like, yeah, like, you know, you're, you're from Mesa, but you grew up in Tucson. And I think that that's always like the best way that I can put it is like, I may not have been a kid here, but I definitely grew up and became the person that I am today because of this city specifically. Yeah, definitely. Um, Tucson has this vibe, like this artsy vibe, this artsy community, and a lot of people get drawn to it. Definitely. You can always see it too in people. Like if I play out of town or even like bringing in artists from other cities people are always like you're from tucson or tucson has it like this like this is what too and i'm like yeah this is tucson man here we are like what's up oh my god that's so cool and so uh, how, how was the the relationship with your family like were you supported by your parents or your your siblings when you told them like hey i, I want to do music it's It's so harsh for me to say I was not because I think that my parents wanted what was best for me in their minds. Yeah. And it was definitely not music. Um, when I told my parents I wanted to make music or I wanted to do music, they were like, well, you know, what else can you do? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, or very like my, my mom specifically was like, I was like, oh, I'm working on this album or I'm working on this you know, this, this project or something. And she's like, okay, cool. But what are you doing for like work? And I was like, well, this, like I'm, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing for work, mom. And she's like, okay, cool. But like, how are you paying your bills? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, cool. You know, in 2020, I released a, I released a project, my first album and it was, it was called why not an album. And she had heard it. I was on vacation at the time and 
she had heard it and she called me around the time I got back. And I just remember so vividly in my mind, she was just like, son, I just, I, I want to say, I'm sorry. Like I, um, you know, I, I support you. I love you. And I, and I, I think the best, but like, I did not think you were going to be this serious about this. And it's like, she, she really liked the album. She really liked the music. She was sharing it with her bosses. Oh my God. Um, Cause she's a, she's a nurse and she was traveling at the time. And, uh, and yeah, she, she shared it with everybody. And she was like, this is my son. This is what my son does. And, <laughs> oh my God. and uh, yeah, yeah. She like apologized. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like if there's one thing I've always known about you, it's that you love proving everybody wrong. And I'm like, Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so beautiful. Like it just I I don't know. It made me very emotional when when you said that she apologized. That I think every parent should do that. I think it's so I think it's so hard for a parent to like see their kids su- take such a such a massive risk, right? Yeah. And it's because you know ultimately your parents do want the best for you. You know, like you said, like even even I I got emotional when she said it. You know, I I talk a lot, I ramble, but I was completely speechless. I was just like, uh, thanks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't really know what to say, you know. But I think I you know, I th- I think that you're right. I think that a lot of like you know, I'm not a parent or anything like that. And I could, I, I can't really tell parents what to do, but I think that like, it's safe to say like, su- definitely, you know, worry for your children and support them as much as you can, but also like support their passions and like their creations. Like I think kids love to be creative and artistic. And one of the most heartwarming things that, you know, that I've done as, as a community, you know, member is like, I, I've taught children music uh-huh. and, it, and it's, there's a whole nother realm of, of existence that is like teaching kids music and seeing their eyes light up because you can still be a site. Like if, whether you're a scientist an astrophysicist or, or a janitor, you listen to music and you love it. And I think that, you know, music is one of those bonds that's universal. Yep. And if, if you're a person making music, you should be supported. Shout out to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Shouts to the mom. <laughs> My number one fan. Yeah. She's, after that, after we had that conversation, she's every time she's just like, Ben, do you have any new music? <laughs> ben, do you have anything cool? I want to show my, I'm like, I'm like, mom, I'm working on stuff right now. Like I'm holding back. I'm holding back. <laughs> she's an addict now. Thank you. Thank you for making music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the great music that you make, where where do you get that inspiration? What type of art inspires you? Like I said, I, I grew up playing the trumpet and then I moved to the baritone as well. And then I think around high school, college time, I was getting a little bit more active in sports, but music was always like so incredibly important, mm-hmm. right? So I was like playlisting and, and doing all this, like I would have like, I gotta have the right walkout music, you know, or <laughs> I gotta have the right song to get me like hyped for my A hour, this or that. <laughs> and uh, music inspiration comes from from movies from the albums and the songs that you're listening to i've always been a really big fan of like i call it hunting for music which is you know just going down especially on things like soundcloud and bandcamp you can Uh look up tagging so you can look up like certain genres or certain styles or certain artists and it'll pull up like everything that's similar to that and I will listen to like 30 to 45 seconds of every single song that's in, you know, some of these playlists and figure out which ones I really like. But as far as like direct inspiration goes, I mean, like my, my direct community and, and my peers, uh, as well as my colleagues and even people outside of my, my wheelhouse. So, so other like 
artists or muralists or photographers here in town, I think are my overall source of inspiration because it's just like the creative notions that these people are using and, and even like, you know, coming back into music, it's like, Hey, what do you listen to while you paint? Or mm-hmm. when you're doing photos, you know, kind of like encapsulating what is an image or, you know, I watch a lot of like TV while I'm making music and yeah. I just have the TV on mute. I had a, a good friend, Enrique. One of the things that he used to do was he would watch like bike courier videos <laughs> while he's making music. And so it's just really cool. So you'd see this guy on a bike who'd be like careening through the streets yeah. and he's just like, he's just like making just crazy music to, to this. And I'm like, this is like, <laughs> This is insane to me. You know, it's easy to say that like a celebrity or another producer or somebody is your inspiration, but it's easier for me to say that like my direct peers are my inspiration. The people that are making music in this city are some of the best musicians I've ever met or seen. Wow. And I think that there's something to say about that. Yeah. It's so cool that you can like get inspired by the images that you're seeing, right? either if it's from TV or maybe just you're just driving and you see like like people on the streets and you get ideas, I bet, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I hike a lot. So I'll be like outdoors or like in nature, you know, sometimes I'll be in the woods or something like that. And I just like, how can I encapsulate this moment audibly, you know? And so I go through a lot of sounds and soundscaping and I have this audio recorder And I'll use those as backgrounds nice. and I'll like pitch them up and make weird sounds. <laughs> so in a lot of my tracks, there's like a lot of this fuzz that's going on. And it's just like a perpetual loop of like the woods, nice. you know, in silence. That is so cool. Or like a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet you also got like a lot of inspo from the early 2000 movies, you know, like where there's the, the prom scene and the DJs are like giving, giving it, it all. <laughs> oh, man. So you think about like, the early 2000s and there's like all the dance movies like step up yeah and there's like stomp the yard and uh what the you got served uh-huh. <laughs> it's like you hear and see all these like icons and all these people that you're like oh man like i think missy elliott was it or maybe it was yeah. little kim uh-huh. i think it was in like one of those movies and i i just remember like as a kid hearing the soundtracks and hearing how like you'd see some of these like final scenes and like the things people would say and the way the DJs would like introduce the tracks or mix or blend. And I think that like when I, when I started doing music or when I started learning about mixing or producing, I wanted to do soundtracks. I wanted to like soundtrack and score movies. And now I get to soundtrack an entire dance floor uh, every weekend. <laughs> it's, it's growth. It's all growth. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, you, you brought back some memories like from the step up. I don't remember if it was like the, I think it was the third movie. Oh my God, the soundtrack of that, the step up three and the dance scenes were, oh my God. I would always do it like when I was like in middle school, those dances with my friends and the muse. Oh my God, I still have it in my mind. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have copyright, <laughs> the rights to play the music, but Yeah, you all know what what song I'm talking about. <laughs> I, yeah, I think if anybody knows, it's it's going to be the people that are 
direct age and demographic. They all know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing how you get inspiration from your peers. I would I would really like to know what you're working on right now. Yeah. So I have three releases that are slated for this year. One, I was hoping for April, but I think I need a little bit more time and to put a little bit more care into it. So I'm going to go for May of this year. I'm releasing a new album. It's called These Are My Sounds. And uh, I don't have a date picked out, but I'm thinking either the second or third week of May to release that. And it's going to be kind of an emotional project, kind of a large project. I think it's going to be around 25 to 30 tracks. Ooh. Yeah, it's a, it's pro I think it's the biggest project I've released to date. Mm -hmm. And it is encompassing about a year and a half to two years of loss, of love, of, you know, emotional kind of turbulence, as well as just like elation. I think in the last year or so, I've really like found myself and found what makes me happy and what keeps me going. Yeah. And I think that this album is a reflection of all of that. And then I have two more releases that are for the fall that I'm actually really excited for. One of them is a compilation of remixes because I, I do those every now and then. And then the other one is a surprise. So I'm not, <laughs> you'll, you'll, have, you'll, have to, you'll have to check in with me later about that one. <laughs> now, now I'm excited. Uh, but I'm actually really looking forward to that one. <laughs> mm, okay. Now I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, this, this is good. Yeah. You're super bu busy. Like, I don't, I don't even know how you had time to do this podcast with us. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I control my own schedule. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. So do you have like a favorite song from the the all of the 30 songs that are gonna be in your in your album uh yes i feel like every album or every project i've released there's always like something right something that i love or something that i think is like one of the best projects on the album okay <laughs> there's one right now it doesn't even have a title it's literally the title of it is 10 12 It's like 10.12-2. I've played it once publicly. I have since remastered it and changed a few things around it. It was one of those things that I had put together and I really enjoyed the arrangement and I did a lot of work with organic percussion. So it just had uh -huh. some elements to it that were like really just different for me. And I think that I think that that's one of the things that I am drawn to in my own work is when I like think of a song or like put something together that I'm just like, I can't believe I pulled that off. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> like I'm a genius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is, oh my God. Like I, I think I want, I want that feeling with my work. <laughs> that is, that is so cool. It's such a rewarding feeling when you like make yourself excited. You're like, ah, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So are you working all by yourself on this album or do you have um, collaborators? This album is musically being done by myself. I'm making the music on my own. I'll be mixing and mastering this album on my own. However, It is a community-based project in regards to its kind of production. So I'll be working with my good friend and fellow uh, Sonido Tambo contributor, um, Enrique, as well as DJ Q. But I'll be working with them in regards to putting together... There's a there's a written component to this project. So, so the whole project is, is called 
the album is These Are My Sounds, and then the written part is These Are My Words. I spent a lot of time the last few years like journaling and putting together kind of like mm-hmm. my thoughts as well as processing the loss of of family, the loss of love, the end of a relationship that had had been very uh-huh. consistent in my life, as well as just like everyday turmoil and and dealing with like feeling sort of displaced, a lot of like cultural shifts in my mind, I think really like starting to resonate with me in regards to like my, you know, like my cultural background and things. Cause I, I think like one as a, a Mexican man in the Southwest, I think that yeah. there are a lot of like interesting stereotypes and things. And I'm, I'm a very like large outspoken kind of person already. Like I'm six three <laughs> and I just have this big personality about me. I spent a lot of time as a kid, not necessarily I don't I don't want to say the word ashamed, but hidden from my my roots to Mexico and, oh. and, and you know where my family's from. And you grow up in a town where that's predominantly white, predominantly mm-hmm. of a certain appeal. And you kind of like yeah. learn to hide these things, right? And I think when I moved to Tucson, I really, really started to embrace like my brown half. <laughs> and and I, I like that's the best yeah. way I can put it. I'm like, I always tell people like, I'm brown and I love it. I love, I love my skin. I love my culture. I love my people. You know what I mean? And I think that like that is one one of the things that like working through this project has has really revitalized in me and that's why i say things like giving back to my community but yeah so so contributors will include like all the all the friends that i that i've made along this journey as well as you know some of these other projects i'll be working with a lot of local artists local rappers local singers songwriters hopefully yeah you have to share your ig handles because Yeah, people, I, I'm pretty sure everyone who listens to this uh, episode, they're going to be like, yeah, I, I want to listen to that. And I, I don't know. I just feel like every you're going to have everyone crying at the club. Halcero. <laughs> like I just, uh, everyone stay tuned because yeah. Yeah, this is going to be the, rele- the release of 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be, it'll be the springtime release of 2023. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now that I'm all excited, I, I wanna like I wanna know more. What's a day in the life of Halcero? Man, my days are kind of wild. I wake up, I make some coffee, or I go get some coffee. Like I said, I'm a big outdoors person, so I tend to like take a moment to sit in silence and absorb the sunlight a little bit. I'm very I'm a very mm-hmm. big advocate for the sun. <laughs> I usually get up. I try not to listen to music right away. So I give my my brain a moment to like set itself up and and get moving. I'll enjoy my coffee. Sometimes I'll eat something and then um and then I start my day. I check my emails. I'll do some social media things. I'll reach out to some people that I need to or if I have work, I'll, you know, I'll just like get ready for the day. Um and go to work and then the moment I get into my car usually or the moment I've like finished all my emails it's like all right let's do music <laughs> let's let's put on mm-hmm. i put on a playlist or i'll start going through some of my libraries i put on a record I, i i'm a big record collector so i have a ton of that and then i just kind of fly by the seat of my pants honestly i i try and plan everything out at least 48 hours in advance so it's like i know you know, today is Friday. I know what my Sunday schedule looks like. I know what tomorrow and my Sunday oh. schedule looks like. Um, 
which is which is great and i and i and i love that about myself but it also allows me to have a lot more control in regards to my free time because i can Mm -hmm. budget where i prioritize like i prioritize downtime a little bit more Mm -hmm. than more than most because i think decompression is incredibly important i think that we live in a world where people are always kind of go, 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 and they never take time yeah. to relax. So they like stress mm-hmm. themselves out or, or, or something like that. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm very active and I'm very like a movement all the time, but I also like have taught myself and learned over the years how to like decompress in a moment. Like I can take yeah. two, three minutes out of my day, breathe a little bit, do some, you know, circular breathing or, or, or whatever. And, 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 decompress entirely which is wonderful and i do that all throughout my day and i like i I love i love the feeling of like not necessarily being stress-free but of of being like calm like i i'm a very calm human being and i and i love having that i love being able to to assess a situation from a perspective that's not like panicked or stressed but yeah outside of that my day-to-day kind of I approach my day, I get lunch, I'll do some music. I I usually am either practicing DJ stuff or I am uh I am working on right now I'm working on the album a lot, so I work on it for at least an hour a day. Um mm-hmm. or if like the notion hits me if I'm, you know, in, in if I'm out of coffee and I'm like, "Okay, cool." Like thinking about <laughs> the album or thinking about the project and then something like hits me and I have a drum rhythm or something, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go home and like put this down and we're like, make this rhythm happen oh. and then I'm going to save it and then we'll figure it out from there. <laughs> uh, sorry, schedule. <laughs> sorry, schedule. I'll, I'll adjust you accordingly. But yeah, I try not to overwhelm myself ever or anything. You know, my day to day is very loose. That is so great. Like, I just need to learn to be more like you, honestly. <laughs> we're now in the my favorite uh, section of the podcast, which is called Random Questions. Uh, Janae and I are trying to make it a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Random Questions. Okay, first questions. You can only play one song, only one song for the rest of your life. What song would you pick? Um, it's on loop. It's okay? on loop. <laughs> yeah. You can never stop listening to that Honestly, song. <laughs> and this is going to sound so corny, but Sure Thing by Miguel. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to say this now. Before this like sped up version blew up on TikTok, the song, <laughs> the song <laughs> Sure Thing by Miguel has been, uh, you know how like every year Spotify does like the rapt or whatever? And it's like these are these are the songs that yeah. you played all the time. Sure thing by Miguel has been at the top of that playlist every year since I joined Spotify. I have listened <laughs> to that song more than I've listened to oh any song God. in my library. I love that song. I think it's it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. I'm a sucker for R and B music. Um, so so that would that would definitely mm-hmm. be one of them. And like the other ones would probably <laughs> be I have these Amerigo Gazaway compilations. So he's like a DJ who puts together it's Nina Simone samples with Lauren Hill rapping or singing oh. on top of all of them. But the one that is on that album, Miseducation of Lauren Hill meets Nina Simone, 
because it's the album is called The Miseducation of Eunice Wayman, which is Nina Simone's real name. And there's that thing, you know, the the infamous Lauren Hill song, but on top of the Nina Simone samples. And I and I I love that song. I'll play that if I ever do vinyl sets, I, I play that song every single time. I always bring that record with me. Okay, one more random question. It's related to your vinyl oh, collection. All right, here we go. <laughs> If you were stranded on a desert oh, island man. and you could just take one vinyl, like you could, you could like there, there's gonna be a record player. Okay. Don't worry, but and but you only have to pick one vinyl. I love my records. This is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the problem that I have is I love all of my records equally. Honestly, I think the one. Hmm. As of recent, the one that has really resonated with me and, and I've brought into a lot of gigs has been the Lou Bond record. So Lou Bond is, is this artist from the, I want to say the 70s. And he has this one album. He has one album. It's a self-titled album. It has this song on there called to the establishment it is like a 10 minute long song that has this like huge oh. build at the end that i think is like one of the most exciting moments in music at least in regards to to that album and, and the type of music that i listen to and there's just this drum break at the very end that's like sort of controlled but you can like like you like feel it. like it gives me like goosebumps just to like think about that song or if i could pick two albums That one, and then Closing Time by Tom Waits, which is Closing Time by Tom Waits just celebrated its 50th anniversary. The album came out in 1973, and I really love Tom Waits. I'm like looking at it right now. He's, he's one of my biggest inspirations in music. Uh, <laughs> but that album is really cool because it's like, it's a combination of like, love letters meeting sorrow meeting just like keys meeting like random just kind of random songs and, and things you know it's got old 55 on there it's got martha mm -hmm. on there it's got my favorite tom waits song which is i hope that i don't fall in love with you if you like see an interview with him or, or or hear him talk or see any of his like plays you're like this is not a guy that sings love songs <laughs> And that album is, is <laughs> full of love songs. Those are the two. If I could bring two, those are the ones. If I had to pick between, if I had to pick between those two, I'm, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean towards closing time. I'll, I'll lean towards closing time. Let's say that I'm like the powerful being that lets you pick two albums. So I'll let you. Pick I appreciate both. that. Thank you. Well, thank you for answering this random questions. I just learned that. You're very into music. You're a big nerd. <laughs> but honestly, you like you inspire me to listen to more music. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I think we're on the end of this episode. But just, just to wrap up, could you tell us what are your hopes for the future in regard to your artistic career? And if you do you have any advice for artists in your community? I think artistically, I would like to travel. I, I want to play my music and DJ a little bit more regionally as well as uh, nationally and then hopefully internationally from there. I would love to play in like New York or LA, you know, bigger city, later nights, things like that. Even locally, I want to, I would love to, to do a little bit more community events, to do community organizing or, or working with other projects and other people. I, I, I love, I love contributing to things. As far as advice goes though, I think that The only advice that I could really give any local artists would be to 
really like map map out your goals and think of think of things in a community-minded sense. I think it's really easy for an artist to like pitch and promote themselves, but that doesn't always equate to a show or support. I think that having a team or having like a community that you can be a part of is a great way to pitch an idea or something to a venue. Like if I if I go to, you know, I I have a residency at Hotel Congress, right? If I go to Congress and I say, hey, I want to bring this DJ from out of town, or I, I would love to put this DJ on as an opener for us. They're like, okay, cool. Well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? But if I have, hey, I have this idea mm-hmm. for this show and this DJ could be involved with that and we can kind of, you know, formulate an idea. Congress is like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's absolutely go for that. And I think that that applies to a lot of venues and a lot of spaces. So I think, I think yeah. my, I think the advice would be instead of focusing on yourself, focus on your ideas and and create a vision for something bigger than what is just your music and and tap into your community. Be part of be part of the growth that is within this city. If you contribute yeah. to your community, your community will support you. And that goes no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing and no matter you know, how good you are at it. If you're not contributing to your community, your community will not give back to you because I can like music and not support an artist uh, or, or, you know, or vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it's, and I think that's really fair. So, um, and one of the things that I want to, I want to do as just as a goal that's in tandem with that, because I'm a big, I'm a firm believer in pooled resources and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for sharing and coaching and teaching and that's i think that's one of my goals for this year as well is to get back into that get back into coaching get back into teaching and get back into sharing like i spent a lot of time focused on like getting my stuff together and and getting my my album ready to go and i'm like after this i want i want to help others and i want to put other people on and i want to work with other people to to build the community that i believe so so adamantly in that's amazing that it's beautiful words beautiful advice well thank you first of all for being a part of this episode and for sharing all that with us yeah thank you guys for having me this is this is amazing <laughs> wholesome conversation yeah i had a great time a lot of laughs so. <laughs>, <laughs> so you can follow me on instagram and all the social media it's at halsero music h-a-l-s-e-r-o and then m-u-s-i-c and i'll be posting and and updating people about that stuff throughout the next couple of weeks. This has been Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County.